Hey guys, get ready to laugh your ass off today. We got one funny lady named Sherry Shepard. Lots to talk about, including the one-man show she's producing, All I Needed Was a Hug. Me, Lisa Stanley, your renta yenta on what goes on around here. And uh, you better gird your loins today. Get your depends on if you have a weak bladder because Sherry Shepard's in the house. And boy, is she one funny lady. An actress, comedian, TV host, best selling author, and now she adds producer to her credits. We'll discuss the one man show she is producing and much, much more. Hi, Sherry Shepard. Hi, Lisa Stanley. Thank you so much for coming here. And doing my podcast, what goes on around here? Oh, I ju- um, thank you for inviting me. You know, it's so funny when you have a child, you feel like you have no life, and I never have a chance to like a reason to get dressed up. So I put on, you well, know, put let's on a talk sundress about and that. some hair. Let's Good. talk about that because uh, I don't know how many people know this unless they follow you on your social media, but you're over 170 days, no sugar. Yes. Right? Yes. And you follow the keto diet or keto? Uh, the keto, the ketogenic lifestyle. What yeah. is that? It's Now, I'm not an expert because I know people get very upset when people start explaining because keto. Because I've, so. I've heard Kelly Ripa as well talk right. about this. Okay, Kelly Ripa is like a bucko too. What the <laughs> heck? I, I, I can't t- I love Kelly Ripa. I can't take no dieting. Uh, eating advice from Kelly Ripper. but and I love Kelly so, but that's funny no it is um, true you're right I love it when Kelly's like just eat two french fries yeah and well, I'm like well that would make you full Kelly right but she only eats like two things cheese and then uh, what the goldfish the all oh, the little fishies the little baked the, the, the goldfish kids, the yeah goldfish that's all eat. she eats that's, I can believe that yeah. with Kelly I looked at one of like I happened to be over there and I went into her dressing room and I saw one of her skirts and I thought it was a bandage like a band-aid <laughs> That you, if you get a little cut on, and they're like, no, 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 it's Kelly's skirt. And I go, but what size is this? Is it like a, is it like a two? And she was like, mm mm. And I go, a zero. And she's like, mm mm. Triple zero. I, yeah, what is underneath a zero? And I'm like, and I had the nerve to say, do you think that skirt comes in a size 16? And she, that lady looked at me horrified. And that's what you ever know. That's when you know you're just not supposed to be in that place at that moment. You're not supposed to be looking at the bandage that she wraps no. around her calling a skirt. Not at all. <laughs> but uh, ketogenic, and you know, and I'm I'm just learning it because I was vegan for 11 months, uh, and then I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to say I was vegetarian. Oh, because vegetarians get very mad when you use the wrong lingo. Oh, so I was vegan. Oh, excuse and me. And then I went to being pescatarian, so even vegans got mad at me because they're like, no, 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 you eat meat, so you're not with us. Well, so pescatarians. You- I started eating fish. Okay. So, yeah, but you got to use the right lingo because health people just get so upset. Ketogenics, people, a lot of people think it's like Atkins. And Atkins, you were eating a lot of meat. You yes, know, that's and, what I and, thought. No, ketogenic is moderate protein. So you don't eat a lot of meat. But you can, uh, it's moderate proteins, it's high in fat, and it's very low to no carbs. And no, no, you know, it's very low to no sugar. They use alternative sugar, like monk fruit, and people will use Splenda. Agave. Agave. So I don't do any of that I don't do any sugars of course like if you eat an almond there's like less than a gram of sugar I can't help that but for the most part I stay away from sugar now is that because of your diabetes 
It was just, I, I just stopped it for a minute because I wanted to figure out what my triggers were. And it is, I am a type 2 diabetic, so I have to really be mindful of sugar. I can't be doing candy, and I don't do watermelon, um, Better uh, not pineapple. come to my house. You, you probably got it all house. in a dish. I got candy. It's like crack just house. sitting around. I, yeah, I would never come to your house. I would be like sitting naked in a corner, <laughs> moaning like, yeah, with M&Ms all over my body. Just Reese's Cups smeared to my boobs. That's how it would be. So far, so Wigs pretty Sitting next to my feet, <laughs> I'd be just having all kinds of almond butter all so over my feet. So clearly, the diet or the way of life, let's call I'm it, to, yeah. is working for you. Because honestly, people, well, you'll see, we're going to take a photo. But you, I'm oh. going to say this for real, you've never looked better. Thank you so Number much. Number one, your eyes are clear. Yeah, they're very clear. You look happy. I you am. look rested. I and am. your body is insane. Thank you, That's girl. That's all I'm going to say about It's something it. like, I'm not going to say I'm going to be off sugar forever. No. I'm just trying to figure out what my triggers are. Because, you know, we tend to, and I put this on Instagram because I was going through it. I saw you in that aisle. And I'm thinking to myself, screaming, get out it of the, the aisle. candy aisle. And I, and I, girl, I was there to get some school supplies for Jeffrey. I said, how the heck did I end up in the candy aisle? It's amazing that school supplies are on the other side. And I said, golly. But when you go through things... And we're used to, as I don't know if your family was like this, when I came home and I said, Mama got bullied, she was like, Mama made you some uh, apple pie. Right, Eat feed this. the bully. You feed, and, and food has always been a source of comfort to me. And it always has been when I stress out, I've, I eat it and I veg out and a euphoria comes over me and I don't have to think anymore. And I got tired of not living that way behind this like uh, uh, may, uh, ha- mask. Because when you come out of the euphoria, then you still got to face it and you put it off and it's even worse. And you feel you don't feel good. So I stopped all sugar. Uh, I don't eat the high glycemic fruits. I only eat the berries. But I even stopped that because I just said, Cherry, you got to deal. You just got to deal with this stuff, you know, and, and figure out what why is, you know, why are you having conflicts with people in your family? Why are you like this? And it has been, it's been uh, an experience. I'll say. So I, I go on Instagram because if I can encourage anybody to to live your best life and to step out past the fear, I try to, but sometimes I need a little encouragement myself. So what I've been getting is, I'm telling you, Lisa, stopping sugar has changed my life. I feel better. You've motivated me. I just want to tell you. I don't, and I hate, I don't want to bash anybody over here. Sugar from the devil. I'm not going to lie to you. It's they've Studies have shown it's more addictive than cocaine. And I don't want to like it's be true. bashing you. But it has changed my life in that because I can't veg out and go into that euphoric state. You got to feel. I got to feel. And I'm more focused. So I sit. Like one of the things I'm so excited about is I've always wanted a talk show. And, and when people say no to me, I go eat my cheesecake. And I go, oh, I don't know why I can't get a talk show. And I don't do anything about it. But I was laying in bed and I just everything was floating around in my mind. And creativity and I got up and I went well I can't eat pancakes and syrup dripping with butter so let me work on this talk show idea let me get this idea together and I call my management and I said this is what it's about and this is what like it there's a more passion yeah in my life well you're able to focus on other Maybe things besides focus food. yeah right so when I said it's changed my life it really really has I love it yeah. all right now speaking of your life a lot of people may not know a lot about your life so uh-huh. let's just talk a little bit before we get to this fabulous one-man show that you're producing mm-hmm. and a movie you've got coming out. I mean my god your calendar is full it's full uh, but let's talk about you were born in Chicago shy town and I read that you grew up entertaining your family on Sunday nights was Sunday night family entertainment yes 
Tell us. That was, we used to have a variety show, the Shepherd family. Was that just you or was it, it all was of you? It was all of my cousins, aunts and uncles, whoever thought they could do something, we would do it. We had dancers, we had, you know, comics, we had, if you knew how to do magic tricks, we just had a, and I, we had a variety show going on. Like the on. Ed Sullivan like show. Like the Ed Sullivan show. And I used to get up and make people laugh and I used to, and I love dancing and I used to, you know, dance for them. And I think that's where that kind of that seed was started. That's what I want to know. And I have to tell you there's more people in the shepherd family that are way funnier than how me. many probably about eight eight people in my family that what are, are you, the wayans family all of a sudden they just never <laughs> they never i'm the only one that gets paid for what i do i go home and i go you guys if you would just and they're like please they work at the post office and the well teacher. you started working in la as a legal, a secretary. legal secretary so hello but i'm just thankful that uh my you know i decided to take this and and do something with it but i was a legal i used to be a jehovah's witness too girl going door to door a little shy i was very shy and very timid and for you listeners out there when Jehovah's Witnesses come to your door stop hiding behind the curtains we can see you just <laughs> a little PSA a little FYI so, uh, so okay so hold on you're now working as a legal secretary and if I remember I read this correctly the girls in the legal office decided to take you all to a comedy store yeah and that's where you really got the bug you know it was actually me because when you're a secretary you just you go you you do your overtime you go home about eight or nine and and you know you take care of the kids and you go to bed and so we were like all really boring but we like to have fun so I said let's go to a comedy club I never done stand-up didn't hadn't even thought about that I right. would always make my girlfriend only stand up you did with Sunday nights with the Shepherd with family. the Shepherd family and I would make the secretaries laugh and my bosses laugh that's why they never fired me because I always managed to make them laugh and get out of getting fired and we yes all the time you can ask them Irvin Conan Jessup and Beverly Hills oh, shout out they always wanted to fire me I was always getting written up but they were like we love you so much can you please be on time and uh so I scheduled a date at the Laugh Factory and we went to Sizzlers. I don't even know if it's in business. We I love remember the commercial Sizzler. Sizzler. We had all you can eat shrimp. Is and it we, still around? It's still around. Anthony? Yes, in Koreatown, yes. Oh. Well then guess where I'm headed to. <laughs> we got the all you can eat shrimp. Oh yeah. We got the, the cheese toast. Girl, that cheese toast. You can't toast. have that anymore. Ooh. I can't have it anymore, nope. but I can look at yes, you while you, you can, eat it. Except mm-hmm. I'm going to try to adapt my lifestyle to yours. Okay, well, don't do it while we go to Sizzle. <laughs> do it after that. Because I got it. I got a. I got a yearning for some cheese toasted to watch somebody chew it. And so we you took them there. We went there and we had a great time. And then we went to the comedy store. And we were in line at the main room and we got in and I don't know, it just me, I was just making people around me laugh, just being funny. I was so excited to be at the comedy store. I'd never seen stand up comics. And the two comics that I remember coming out were Eddie Griffin and Andrew Dice Clay. Whoa. Yes. And it was Charlie Fleischer. Whoa. Tamayo Atsuki. I think that was her name. Those are the comics that I just remember coming out and people were just laughing, just laughing. And then Dice came out and he made all of the women around me mad because that's when he was doing the hickory dickory doc. I like when she and then sit on my sit on my you know so he said it and I was like oh dear and uh wow that's a lot and um he made everybody mad and a lady that I didn't know turned around and said you're as funny as that you could get on stage and do that and make us laugh and you never know the power of your tongue you never know what you say if it could break somebody down, tear them apart, or build them up, or plant a seed. And that lady planted this seed 
of the entire time I sat there and went, could I do that? Then Eddie Griffin was the headliner and he went on and I saw everybody clutching their stomach. They moved as one laughing. And I just and after the club, the secretaries went home and Eddie and Dice were standing there. And I was so shy and so timid. And I Eddie still to this day swears up and down. I wanted to sleep with him. I was a groupie. And I said, I wasn't I didn't want to sleep. I just was scared to approach you. So I got to change the way my eyes look at people. And so I remember walking up to them. And I said, I, I, I that was really good. And, and that's the way I talked back then. And I said, I, I, I just want to think I could do that. And he was like, do it. And they, it was a couple curse words they put in there because that's the way they talked. And he's smoking a cigar. And uh, he said, do it. And I said, but I'm scared. Now, I don't remember if it was Dice or Eddie Griffin. But one of those two said, well, do it scared. And that has been my mantra for my life. Do it scared. And I got I took comedy classes. I went home and called all of the secretaries, all eight of them. And seven of them said, don't do it because you, you got a great job. You're making 41 grand a year. You got your pension plan. It's stable. If you go in this business, it's going to take you 10 to 20 years to make it. You and, and po- most people never do. And one of my girlfriends, Danetta McKinney, I love her to this day. She said, if you don't try it, Sherry, you'll always wonder what if. Absolutely. And, and thank God for you, Danetta. But because... it's so funny. Danetta moved to Arizona because of me when she saw my success. She always she never liked California. She moved to Arizona. She wanted to do real estate. She got billboards all over the freaking freeway. How about that? Because she went to live her dream but all of those secretaries that told me no when you put it out in the universe I believe God moves things around to help you once I said I'm going to take comedy classes those same secretaries that told me no chipped in because they were always garnishing my check because I, I, I was always in debt to the IRS they was repossessing my car garnishing my check I didn't went to jail while I was over at the law firm but those same secretaries who told me no once they saw that I was committed and I, they had garnished my check so I didn't have the $600 to pay they for comedy it. classes they, they paid for my comedy classes. Wow. And these same ladies. Are you still friendly with these ladies? They have come to both my weddings, girl. They both, said, we're not, we, they said, we're not coming buying another uh, uh, airplane ticket to come to a wedding. <laughs> Live with them. <laughs> they have all been to my wedding. One has passed away. Um, one of my really good friends, she's retired. She she had breast cancer, and I was able to bring her onto The View to talk about her experience. I of being saw a tra- that. Margie Pabigian. I that's saw my, that. My dear friend. Um, and so they still support me in everything that I do. They come to my comedy clubs and they've seen me so many times. But I also call them. I said I called them from the set. I just happened to see Nick Cage's trailer. He was working on a movie and I snuck in and I called and they put me on conference and I go, I'm in Nicholas Cage's dressing room. <laughs> and they're all like, oh, my gosh, what is what's, what is it? And I'm like, I'm sniffing his shirt right now. Yeah, but come on, Sherry, you've met the you've met Obama. You met the president. I would sniff Obama's shirt if I was in his trailer. Excuse me, I first mean, lady that Michelle. Is a bigger name for you to have called those girls and Girl, say. They live vicariously through me, Lisa. Uh. They get so excited. I caught when Prince came on and they, and they all called me and we were on conference and I'm like, you guys, it was Prince. I mean, it, it, so, that is what's really cool about you. You are still you get uh, um, I get excited. Yes, you are not jaded in any way. No, not at Girl, all. Girl, it's unbelievable with everything that you've done. I would like to get into just a few things. Sure. Uh, so I'm going to do the humble brag for okay. you. Okay. <laughs> um, besides her acting career, which we're going to get into all of this, and her hosting career, she's gotten to do Dancing with the Stars, Bitch, yeah. I Hate You. Ah, that was so much fun. <laughs> I want to do that so yeah. oh, oh, gosh. I've been dying. Dina Katz has turned me down. I'm like, the Susan, oh. I'm like the Susan Lucci of all my children. 
turned me down 19 times. I'm going to call Dina Still. Could you please? I'm going to call and buck her. <laughs> so besides Dancing with the Stars, you did something else that's pretty amazing. You conquered Broadway. Oh, yeah. You played the wicked stepmom in Cinderella. Yes. That was scary, yeah? It was so scary. I was the only one that didn't have a solo because I told her, I said, you know, I can't sing. And they were like, we thought you sang. I know I look like a gospel singer. <laughs> But I can't sing, so I did all of my I did all of my 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 singing with everybody else. But uh, Kiki Palmer and I were the first African Americans to play Cinderella and the Evil Stepmother on Broadway. So cool, right? Yeah, it was I so mean, cool. so cool. You have a wig line, which yes. I see one of them is on your head today. Yeah, Fabulous, it, it is, and it's so windy, girl. It almost flew right off. <laughs> and being over here where your office is, and you are an author of best-selling books. I mean, honestly, and now adding producer to your uh, credit. It's producing this one-man show, which we are going to get into. Uh, but before we get into that, yes. you still do your comedy three nights a week, yes? Oh, absolutely. I get on that stage. It's my life's blood. I love making people laugh. Stage I fright? Ha- do you have any stage fright? I have stage fright? fright all the time. I always want to throw up before I go on stage. It's horrible. Um, because you always think nobody's going to laugh. And, and it's so different from being a singer. Like Whitney Houston could sing I'll Always Love You, and you would cry every single time. You'd sing the lyrics. But when you're a comic... You you're putting out your jokes. If they don't like that joke, they don't like you. And so I, but I love that thrill. I love that thrill of connecting with somebody. Um, I, Are you going on the road? Because you have a I child. I on the road. So. Yeah, I don't do it as much as the men do it because I'm a single mother. Right. So I don't like to be gone from Jeffrey Speaking of much. Jeffrey, 13 years old and boy, I know, I know that you spoke about him early on. He had some disabilities, yes? He was, born at, five and, he was born at 25 weeks and he was a pound 10 ounces. So well, he don't look like he's no worse girl, for wear and now. And like a daggone horse. But <laughs> I said, boy, you just ate 30 minutes ago. What do you think I made of money? What is going on? My dad used to say, I made a food stamp. You think I made a food stamp? Yeah, I'm like, you, we, I, that what you just ate was dinner. What are you freaking? But he, this boy, so he's got developmental delays. And this You would boy, never know it, though. That's what I tell him. I said, sometimes I, you, I, you ain't got no special needs. He might needs. be faking you, you out. Are, you didn't got me over the ringer because you there's nothing wrong with you. But, it, you know, and he just, he is his challenges. But he's 13 years old. And I got to ask you this, because you're a man. Yes. Every day he called me the other day because like now there's stuff that he's doing and I don't understand it because I'm a woman. Like every day he wakes up, he says he came, he's screaming. He goes, mommy, my penis is broken. Oh, jeez. And I said, what are, you, what are you talking about? It's not like, is it a bunch of Christians who listen to you? Stand, you least, okay, cool. He said, my, he said, my penis is broken. And I said, what? What? He goes, mommy, every time I think about a girl, it floats. What? <laughs> That's what he said. He said, every time I think, and I said, so I'm looking at this, my kid with what this would floating you, What penis. do you say to that? I didn't know. And I said, well, who are you thinking about that is floating? He goes, and well, not you. And I go, well, that's what your daddy said. Shut up. <laughs> and, <laughs> and not and not uh, black women either, because you said he thinks black women are mean. He don't like Girl, them. Girl. And then he came in the room and the other day. He's like, I like white girls. And then looked at me and I was like, well, what are you telling me for? I'm black. What? <laughs> Like and, my and what son. was his reasoning? This is what he says. Like he says, he says the black girls act mean to him at the school. Well, let and me tell you something, Jeffrey. The white the white girls are bitches too. That, would you say it one more time, <laughs> Jeffrey? I'm, not, I'm a white girl, and I want to tell you we are bitches too. That, and I didn't say it. Lisa Stanley said it. So <laughs> would you listen, Jeffrey? 
Because there's this thing that I do. My neck starts moving when I get mad at him, and he can't stand it when my neck moves. And I go, it's in our DNA. It's not going away. My neck moves. I'm a black woman. That's just what happens. I also grab for the air. When I'm mad, I grab the air. And I'm just like, you know, that's how I make my point. And, uh, you know, cause just because there's not a lot of black girls in Jeffrey's school. And so he is just, it's this 13-year-old. Now he doesn't like to kiss me like he used to. Like, Jeffrey used to snuggle in my neck. And now he's like, he's like, Mama, I need my space. He doesn't want to, he said that my lips are reserved for this little girl at his school and and, and like I, I treat my son like a boyfriend who doesn't want to be with me anymore like I live my validation comes from I make his food and I'm like how you like it you like it mama made it for you I made the Brussels sprouts they made it especially the way you like it and he's like it's okay and I'm like you don't love me you don't love me Dude, I, can I just have a kiss Jeffrey I remember when we first got together he's like ma could, could you get out of my room and I'm like I, but please don't leave me please don't leave and I said what I'm a shell of a woman I mean it's pretty amazing though to see your son who you probably didn't think would ever say words like he's saying. They told me when he was born in 25 weeks and he was pouncing ounces, my wedding ring fit over his arm. The doctors told me that he would have severe cerebral palsy, um, mental issues. He would have shuns in his brain. He would be partially paralyzed because he had Where's such... Where's that doctor now? Dead? He, you know, he's he's a great doctor, but you know, it's their job to give you the worst case scenario. And he had a lot of brain bleeding and he almost, you know, we were going to take him off life support because he had a hole in his intestines wow. and his stomach was becoming septic and he had to have... He, they were, he was looking at multiple surgeries over his lifetime. And uh, I had picked out the outfit for him because I had lost his sister. I was pregnant with twins. So I lost his sister. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I had fallen and then that one just she just left so I said you know if I don't want him to live a life of hardship and if he goes up to heaven he's gonna have a sister there and his grandmother and a host of people and I'm and so we were gonna pull the plug and my best friend Niecy Nash was at the hospital she's amazing Uh, my best friend my bridesmaid and uh, she was weddings or just just the one wedding she (laughs) she ain't gonna hook me up no more let me tell you that uh, me and Nisi had a good talk. She 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 hooked me up with this with the second one. And oh, she, that she, was who we blame. Whenever we start drinking, she's like, "Girl, I'm so sorry. I just <laughs> I I didn't know." And uh, but she was at the hospital with me when they were going to pull the plug on Jeffrey. And Nisi fell all over the isolate. She was crying and hooping and hollering. And you need a girlfriend like that because God listens to them a lot more. She did all that hooping and hollering and crying and screaming. And, uh, she probably bargained with God. She, she was doing something. And I, I remember uh, Jeffrey's dad said, Jeff, your mom is here. And the hand that was just not moving, it reached up and gripped his his uh, light, his breathing too, really hard. And I was praying and I said, Lord, you know, I've wanted this baby for so long. And we did fertility and, you, and he's leaving me. And I'm crying. And they put the outfit on him because he was a little micro preemie. So I had to buy little baby doll clothes. And they were going to disconnect the life support tube to put him on my lap so he could take his last breath. And the neonatal intensive care doctor came in and he said, we did another x-ray and the hole in his intestine has resolved itself, which means it just healed miraculously. Not and miraculously, where, divine intervention. That was God. And where his stomach was all black and blue, it was a beautiful brown. So I always call it my chocolate drop because it was a beautiful brown. And it was like God was saying to his dad and I. Give me a minute. I, I make the decision. Yeah, give for me him a minute here. Yeah. And whatever gift he's wrapped up in. We said we accept this gift. So if we got to roll him in a wheelchair to soccer practice, we will. So they predicted that Jeffrey would have, you wouldn't be able to talk. He'd be paralyzed. Well, if you all just, could see this child that now. That boy. And any boy that says his penis is floating. Floating. He knows what's going on. Feels my belly like, mommy, your baby, your belly feels like butter. Listen, and I'm like, okay. He knows that penis word because you put it out there on Family Feud. 
Well, that wasn't because of Jeffrey. <laughs> Steve Harvey on Family Feud. Can I tell you, that looks a lot harder than it, it is a hard, I did it. lot harder oh, than I you did. Family it. Feud so with you my family. know, girl, you feel that pressure. I did it. So they had me go up first, and I had my hand behind my back. And the question was name something a lady cop does in bed with her husband. Now, I had just gotten into an argument with my second husband about alimony payments. Ex-husband. And I remember saying something like, if you think you're going to get any more money from me, I will cut your off. That's kind of what I remember. It's a little something like that. So it was on my head when he asked the question and I said, cut his penis off. You know, I literally fell off my couch. Steve Harvey <laughs> fell off the set. This is what Steve Harvey, he goes, sure, sure, sure. Uh, you can't be coming on my show, sure. With your marital issues on my show. Okay, we gonna embarrass me like that for? And can I tell you, Lisa, the entire time, see what you see on Family Feud, and you know this, Lisa, is you guys always see people going when the answer's you know wrong they go good answer good yeah, answer right. Lisa Greedy right. when them cameras are not on my family was like what is wrong with you you idiot can you do <laughs> can you do this right we took off work we want this money and it was for charity and it was for charity my family for charity. You, I think was they that thought, the shepherd charity that was the shepherd charity <laughs> they thought they were getting paid and I, and I was like you know and then the camera would come back on and they'd be like great answer great answer <laughs> I know I played with my family so I know I was like y'all will never come. we will never be doing now my sister calls me all the time she's a freaking nurse and she's like what are we do you think they're gonna do a best of not with you well they did air it again they you, did air yes it again? they did air it again they loved it so much they did air it I again i didn't even tell i didn't even know that it just was on my family made me ago. so mad every time i got an answer and here we got to the winner circle and it was 187 points my smart cousin got wow. so all i needed was like 15 points i know you're not you gonna answer wrong but you struggled because you it's so much pressure <laughs> they said besides your neck what body part do you use to hula hoop i'm from chicago everybody i know got a big booty yeah. that's what they use i said booty and <laughs> It was friggin' uh, arms, arms or something. And I go, neck, neck. this is what they cut neck. off. I go, who y'all interviewing? People in Calabasas? <laughs> you not interviewing black people? Sure, sure. Uh, you can't be on my show, sure. <laughs> then they said, besides what? Besides uh, California, what are the best beaches? And I go, Miami. Because I was under. She was thinking Florida. I was thinking I know Florida. she was. So I said to Steve under my breath, you can't get it to me. You know what I meant. Sure, you can't, you can't be cheap. I'll let they cut out. Of course they did. But I'm the same one on The View who said I didn't know if the earth was round or flat. Under pressure, I crack a little bit. <laughs> when right, I got time. Let's get to that stuff now. So let's talk. You've been an actress. Yeah. Uh, started out in everybody doing bit roles. Everybody loves Raymond. Mm-hmm. Suddenly Susan. Yep. The Jamie Foxx show, who eventually became a good friend of yes, yours. The 30 Rock, I think. I yeah. mean, you you did it How all. You mama? went on to become a very successful actress. And still, of course. Thank you, And girl. then a comedian. And then, I don't know what possessed you, but you decided to do The View. You spent seven years on a show where I believe your family taught you not to be outspoken or to have confrontations. Absolutely. And girl, that's all you did. No debating. Everything I was taught, I was taught to (laughs) never uh, argue with my elders. Yeah. Don't be getting into a debate, right? Uh, and no confrontation, right. which is what I had to do every single every day. day for seven I had. To, years. Do you know how hard that is to look at Barbara Walters and say, "But I'm still talking. I want to finish." 
finish. I'm t- no, this is what I meant. No, we're going to keep going. Do you know how hard oh, that is? I would have been scared to death that she'd fire scared you an hour later. To death. That's the one thing I knew. Barbara was never going to fire me. Barbara was, I cried for three years. Yes, I want to talk about that. Three years I cried every day. Because Tell everybody was, what happened. Why? Because Barbara is a perfectionist. Barbara came up in a time, and you being a journalist, you know this. She, the men were very hard on her. She's the reason she, that I wanted to become. That you got in it. Yes. I mean, this woman, Harry, she talks about Mr. Reasoner being so mean to her. Yes. And so Barbara didn't go to the bathroom. She didn't use the bathroom. If you came in and said, oh, I got cramps. She got, well, in my, I, when I had cramps, I had to work. I never took off work. So you're like, okay, I'm so inadequate as a person. And so we never went to the bathroom. Me and Elizabeth Hasselbeck would be sitting at the table just moving, going, oh, my gosh. I feel like I'm going to pee on myself. Oh, and Barbara wow. would go, what's wrong? And I go, nothing. But she was she was hard on me because she cared. And yes. she wanted me to be the best that I could be. And literally, when I started The View, I talked like this. Everybody take a little time to enjoy The View. Now I talk like this. Barbara helped me find my voice. Barbara helped me not take no for an answer. Barbara helped me evolve into the woman that I am. And it was because she was hard on me. She would do, we would do segments together. And I go, I don't know how to do the serious interviews. And she go, you can't make people laugh all your life, dear. Learn something else. <laughs> or she frequently ends up with me and she go, read a book. Read a book. I'll be in the bathroom. And she go, read a book. <laughs> And I'm saying that not to say it was mean. No, no, she, she was, was hard. She was hard on me because when Barbara retired that last day, she put her hand on my cheek. I love going out with Barbara Walters. You go out with Barbara Walters, one mano a mano. She is the life of the party. And so she would put she put her hand on my face and she said, "I'm the most proud of you, dear." She said, "You did your homework. You went to all of the events, the plays. You read all the of the books. You asked the questions. You were curious. You've evolved." You read the books I told you to read. You got beyond just because I used to say, well, my religion taught me that. So I don't know anything else. Right. And she'd go, why are you believing what? Give me your reason. Learn. And she, and, 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 and Barbara told me one time, because if she said, I don't want to talk about that, I go, OK. And she said, I will eat you up if you believe in it. Fight for it. And so when she said, I'm the most proud of you, I started crying. And she goes, what are you crying for, dear? Because so, that's Barbara. What are you crying for? As the elevators close on her face. And I will always be grateful to Barbara Walters for what she gave me. You can't pay for that no. kind of experience. My friend Debbie Matinopoulos says the same thing. You know, and Debbie was the, she was the original. Debbie was the original, yeah. cast OG, member. Baby. She knows Barbara was, hot. Barbara was a tough taskmaster. Yeah, she and was. And three years, I thought Barbara hated my guts. I think a lot of people feel that way, but it's just Barbara being Barbara. It's Barbara being Barbara. And, you know, and I think I am the way I am. She helped me find my voice. Isn't that fantastic? I can't thank Barbara enough. How about Joy Behar? What's that like? Okay, let me tell you about this this little Joy Behar. We will shut down a restaurant just gossiping and laughing and talking dirty. I love that lady Me with too. everything I got. Now, Joy and I, we had we had conflict at the beginning because, you know, you have three comics sitting at the table. It's Whoopi, it's Joy, and it's me. I'm the baby of the family. But, you know, Joy is used to, I learned to navigate. I would serve the ball to Joy and she'd spike it over. So I learned her groove. But there were times I was just trying to talk. And I remember one time uh, Barbara said, take a little time to enjoy the view. And I would always smile and wave. But I heard in my ear, what the f- you you stepped on my joke. Stop stepping on my jokes. What the and I and my friends say, Sherry, what happened? Because your smile dropped so fast, and we heard you. We looked at you, and you looked like you were saying, "Can I say the b word?" Yeah, you can it, say and she, They said you were smiling, and all of a sudden you looked at Joy like, "Bitch." <laughs> <laughs> and I and I was like, 
because she was going off. And I and, and I guess I accepted her joke too many times. And so we had to we had to come to an agreement of how we, you know, we had to find our space. But we did. And I love Joy with all my heart. She will call me and she encourages me when I'm going through it. And Whoopi Goldberg, who is as always been. Oh, forget it. The best. Best friend in my head. Whoopi has always been there to give me advice, to encourage me. You know, when Whoopi sits and eats her special brownies, all kinds of wisdom comes up. I'm going to tell you something. If you want to make Whoopi love you, you give her some lotteries, giving them special brownies. No and kidding. Is She's happy. Oh, she happy. So, and then Elizabeth Hasselberg is one of my best friends. Still. Still. She was my bridesmaid. And, you know, we may not agree politically. You don't have to. But you find common ground in the humanity of people. And we were both married. We both had children. And I would go over her house while she made all of her celiac free, gluten free stuff, and I was a guinea pig. Yeah, she has celiac disease. She has celiac Correct. disease. So I would eat her stuff, and, and I loved her kids. And, you know, we connected on that level. She was one of the ones when I told her I was getting married, she was like, please. Uh, but she was one of the ones that said, I'm going to stand with you. I'm, I, well, I'm, everyone I'm should have stood you. with you. Everybody, well, Whoopi didn't come to my wedding. And Joy didn't come to my wedding because she got married. But Whoopi was like, I can't. And I understand. Well, Whoopi can't do weddings. Whoopi can't do weddings. And no. when when I was going through it, I went and cried in Whoopi's arms. And she helped me as I cried in her arms. And, so you know. Sweet. So I am family with those ladies. And you've won a uh, an Emmy. Daytime Emmy with and those ladies. And we won an Emmy. Right? Nobody's ever won an Emmy since That's our right. show. And, uh, and then you also have a BET uh, um, best Supporting Actress? Oh, that we, the Best Supporting Actress was for a movie I did, Gene of the Joneses, uh, with the Canadian Film and TV. It was a, a, it was a drama. So I'm really starting to get into dramas now. Now we're going to talk fun. about that. But before we get to the play, last yes. thing is, you're doing a show now. I, season two just finished. Of Trial and Error. That's correct. Are yes. we going to see a season three? Well, they're trying to get it to Netflix. We are hoping that Netflix, because it's a show that should be on a streaming site. It it's really such a should. weird kind of show. Well, it's weird, especially for you, because you say this is the most different role you have ever had. And yeah. you love it, right? To, to summarize, it's a little weird town. And uh, John Lithgow was in the first season, Kristen Chenoweth with second season. And they were both accused of murder. And you got this really weird legal team i'm the legal researcher who has all of these true disorders facial blindness i faint when i see beautiful artwork when i get anesthesia i talk in a british accent when i get my flu shot i walk backwards i laugh hysterically when you start talking about murder how do you research that i join every every facebook group about these disorders i mean i've jumping frenchman of maine syndrome so when you startle me i jump 10 feet in the air So you're like method acting right now yeah try it because you know how do you get this character and i talk like this and i have such joy in life but i can't recognize your face and it's a challenging character character but i love her so much that used to be me when i was a jehovah's witness just very nice and and like if i could if i could get you on my side i would and and i just i love her so much so we're hoping that trial and error goes to netflix but i also have a new netflix show coming out uh, with gabriel iglesias uh, he was fluffy the comic i love fluffy's on with us at k earth all the time is he oh, all you the time. know how awesome gabriel oh, and i please the best what show it's called mr iglesias he's got his own show oh my gosh, and i'm playing his sidekick it's on netflix we're doing 10 episodes because he's on tour all the time but i've known gabriel he used to give me a ride home from the comedy clubs i Get mean out. you know it's so funny because i started with chelsea handler and sarah silverman and d.l hughley and jamie fox and chris tucker I look at you all and gabriel so when i look at these people i'm incredibly proud of everybody because we struggled you know and so it's so funny to see everybody and, and what they're doing now and also you have a movie coming out uh, called <gasps> the do. brian Banks story right yes tell us a little bit about um, that you may remember this was a, a boy named Brian Banks who went to Long Beach
Beach, a poly high school in Long Beach. And he had been recruited by over 150 colleges. And he decided to go to USC. And straight A student and a girl in his class accused him of rape. And so as a 16 year old, they arrested him and the the court system, they had him plead uh, no contest. He wanted to talk to his mother. He was not allowed to talk to his mother. He had to make a decision in 10 minutes. And they told him, if you try to take this to trial, they probably will uh, vote you, you know, uh, say you're guilty. Guilty. You're uh, you're big black man. You're good. And so he pled no contest. And. Because of that, he served, they sentenced him to six years in prison at 17 years old in an adult prison. Oh, dear. And um, after he served it, he got out and his dreams were taken. He didn't get to play football. So what do you do when your dreams are taken away from you? And so he was he had he was on parole with a bracelet on his an ankle bracelet for six years. He couldn't even go to family parties because he had a pedophile label. So couldn't find a job, couldn't play football, even at a college because kids were around. So um, what happened was the girl who accused him of rape, she got a two million dollar settlement from the Long Beach School District. She contacted him on Facebook. And so he met with her against the wishes of his mother because he could go back to prison. I have chills right now. He recorded her and she admitted on tape that she lied. And so it took him years. He went after the Innocence Project and the Innocence Project is a great organization because they really try to get people who are falsely accused exonerated. Correct. He he petitioned As As is Kim Kardashian now. As she is in the... I mean, you know... I'm gla- I, I have to say about Miss Kardashian, I'm glad you're using your platform because Finally. we so you know, and sometimes it takes evolving. And maybe her going through what she went through in Paris when she got robbed, she there was a light bulb that went off. Maybe having children who are biracial, may, you know, you got to see the other side. So I'm I'm applauding her for using her platform and not just going. I'm a celebrity. I'm just gonna you know buy a testosterone and whatever. And she's trying to do good. But but Brian Banks, uh, he went after the innocence project for years and they finally agreed to represent him and they got his case exonerated but so it didn't help him from losing out on his dream no, but he did get to play with the atlanta falcons Ooh. for about four games they did have to cut him because he wasn't in the shape he was prior Obviously. 20 years ago but he's now working with the innocence project and he's the you that's who you should talk to he's the most handsome charismatic man you i would ever love to meet. talk to him this story he is, is amazing he's got a smile that lights up the room and you say you were falsely accused and you went to prison at 17 how did you do it he says his mother and uh so anyway and he says his faith in god and and anyway they wanted viola davis this is who they wanted viola Octavia, Hallie, Jada. Then they started going to people I didn't even know. Janika, who work at Bank of America. <laughs> Sally, <laughs> Latanya. Who are all these people? They would not see me, Lisa, for this. I, they wouldn't even let me audition because people know me as a comedic actress. Right. And so it's hard because I'm in that box to break out. And that was one I prayed so hard because the script. How did you finally get in the door? Girl, they finally said, I went in for the audition. They finally let me come in. And the casting director goes, we've decided to expand the part of the mother. And I went, oh, my God, that's great. And she goes, for um, Viola Davis. Okay, so whenever you're ready. That's what my audition was. What? And you know you always have those voices in your head that go, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are auditioning for a part that they want Viola Davis for? It's like they're talking right in your ear. You're not good. They're going to find out you have no idea what you're doing. You're the same one that said you didn't know if the earth was round or flat on the view. You don't deserve this. (laughs) All those voices in my head. Wait a second, though. You do know for everyone out there listening, she doesn't believe that the world is flat. I know the world is round. It was a brain fart on my first week on the view. I just want everyone to know that. What is she, one of those those freaking flat earth people? No. 
And it's like all those voices. And I went in and had this audition. Tom Shadiak directed, who directed Jim Carrey in a bunch of his movies. He wrote The Nutty Professor. Uh, I finally, he had a FaceTime audition with me and I booked the part. So I'm so thankful that Viola had stuff to do and Octavia and Janika had to work at Bank of America. She couldn't take off to do the role because I got it. And it's my first. Can I tell you, I didn't smile. You never, you don't, I don't even know if I have teeth in this movie. You never saw a smile if I wasn't screaming, moaning, crying because it was a woman fighting for her son's life. This is fantastic. It was amazing. It gives you a whole new outlook and for people to see you in a whole new way, which is something now that we're going to get to. I'm assuming that Anthony Scruncho, the man who you are producing this one man show for, and it's called All I Needed Was a Hug. Yes. I assume you came up with him in the comedy world? I, I have to tell you, at, at where I am, I'm committed to finding new talent and getting them to the place where I'm at. So you didn't know him before I knew, this? I knew Scruncho. That's what he goes by. 20-something years ago when he got on stage when he was a gang member. And he got on stage with this bandana on and these little shorts cut up above his knees. And he was doing this crip walk. And I was like, okay, they're letting gang members in the comedy store. What is going on here? And he was so funny talking about street life and gang life. Because he got from prison to stand-up, correct? So, even before that, being a gang member and a drug dealer to doing stand-up. He ran in a comedy club. That's how cl- he got into prison? Girl, he was running from the cops one day and ran in a comedy club and jumped on the stage and asked the audience to just laugh just so he could get away from the cops. Did it work? It worked. And he got the comedy bug. And this is, I met him a few years later. And that I was, was like, his intro? This is, I got, we get, there's a gang member on the stage. <laughs> and so he was so funny talking about street life. And he made it so funny. And then, you know, he wouldn't wear a shirt. And he had a 357 Magnum tattooed on his belly. And we lost touch because he went to prison. You know, just life caught up with him. And when he got out of prison, he was an opening feature act, comedic act for a gospel singer. And I said, what? the heck happened god in a microphone saved his life and so he has this amazing story of being neglected as a child and being on the streets at seven years old being a hustler and and gangs in prison and how he turned his life around he he's on the road with mike epps all the time and cat williams and it's it's funny and it's poignant and i, I believe i heard you laugh you cry you laugh and you, laugh you cry devon franklin and megan good and everybody who's come terry cruz they were in tears and then they were laughing hysterically and i want people to see this show all all I Needed Was a Hug. It's at the Hudson Theater. You can get tickets at allineededwasahug.com. And I'm going to be there. So come give me a hug. And I'm just excited to show the world a story of, of from adversity to This trauma. guy really has had a lot of adversity. Um, his sister died. His and sister I think it, died. that's what I think put him in a downward spiral. It yes? was. If he just didn't care about anything. He just wanted to end his life because his baby sister, who he swore to protect from the streets, died in the streets. But he still used that and was able to forgive the child, the, the teenager who shot her. He he let him. He forgave him. Is this all incorporated this in this one man show? It's all incorporated in it, and he helps people. He goes back and he gives back to children who want to play basketball, and he buys uniforms for them with the proceeds from his uh, comedy CD. And I love stories like that of when you go through stuff and you don't let it hold you down. You come back and you come back strong. And when I say he's so funny, Scruncho is so funny. He talks about his father being in hell, <laughs> and like his father gives him advice from, from hell. hell. <laughs> Did he write this show? He wrote the show, and I produce it. I also take the garbage out. I unstop the toilet. So use the bathroom before you get to the Hudson Theater, y'all, because I'm the one cleaning out the toilets. I do craft services. I'm selling the bean pies in front of the thing. I'm the photographer. I move furniture. He told me today I need a love seat. A lo- do you think I'm 
made a love seat. <laughs> I got a love seat in the Uber right now. It's waiting for me. I do everything. All right. So the Hudson Theater, by the way, is in Hollywood. It's in Hollywood. And um, I'm I'm assuming that you guys are grooming this for a possible off Broadway. We or... are we are looking for promoters to take this. We would love to take it on tour because it's so inspirational. And can I tell you, normal people, not celebrities, come up to him crying, saying, "I forgave my father. I never talked to my dad. I forgave him." He's making an impact. He's making an impact. I want to, you know, it's like he talks about living your best life, and it's you're able to do it. Is he clean and sober now? He's clean and so he well he never did drugs. He sold them. Oh, okay. He and he he talks about on stage. He says, "You know, I would rob you, but I would tell you, I'm not gonna kill you. I just want your Rolex. You know, <laughs> calm down." And he would make people laugh, and he'd be like, "I'm not gonna," you know. And there's one joke. He went to the Bank of America because he did BET, but he thought he was gonna make five thousand, but he only made a hundred. So he said, "I went to rob the Bank of America, and when I got in, the cashier recognized me." She said, "I just saw you on BET." And he goes, and she said, "Can I have your autograph?" And he said, "I had two choices: do I sign the autograph and make my dreams come true, true, or do I kill my number one fan? I can't." <laughs> and he goes, "I let him live, and I didn't rob the bank." But sometimes I. <laughs> Who does this? <laughs> and can I? Do, and I don't even do it the way he does it when he talks about it of being a child in the streets. And it's hysterical, and it, it's so it touching, seems so uplifting. Even though it it's such is. a horrifying story, and you laugh. <laughs> You're laughing. Going, you rob. You're gonna rob a Bank of America. Did he? How did you get involved? Since you did not uh, come up in the comedy world with him, did he come out of prison and come to you and and say, "Hey, I got an idea." So we always knew Scruncho, and it was always Scruncho is in trouble. Scruncho is this. So when he went. So I always knew him and I grew to really respect him as a comic. Once I got over all of the, the, the gear he wore on stage and he also roller, he would roller skate on stage. He's like an amazing skater. So we would always keep in touch. And, and when we when we saw each other again at the BET Awards, we sat down for coffee and he just told me his life. And I said, I think people need to hear the story and be able to laugh at hardships. And to we, overcome. And to overcome. We're going through so much today. We need to laugh. No kidding. And this show, all I needed was a hug, let you break down and laugh and cry and laugh again. And it gives you knowledge. And I always say knowledge is power. It is. So if you've got that knowledge, you've got the power. That's right. And who doesn't want to laugh on the weekend? Especially. I love to laugh. So you've got to go see all I needed was a hug. And if you don't, I'm not giving you a hug, and neither is Sherry Shepard. No, you come on. We are, Come see me. Come give me a hug. I give everybody hugs. Don't hug too tight, though, because my wig. I got to put another. I gotta so put it's going to be it. all weekend long uh, at the Hudson Theater in Hollywood. And do you have a social media where there are a place they can go buy tickets? What, what can yep, they do? Uh, plays411, P-L-A-Y-S, 411.com. You can buy the tickets there, or you can go through to allineededwasahug.com, and we have tickets there. And so, and our Instagram, he's at the Real Scruncho on Instagram. I'm at Sherry E. Shepherd on Instagram and Twitter. So I'm around. I mean, I love it. And, and I love a hug. So please make sure you give me a hug. And I'm uh, and not too hard so her wig doesn't fall so, off. So it doesn't fall off. Because uh, least... I got this one that's down on my knees. I got, I got a, this be- it's Beyonce's her birthday weekend. So I'm wearing my Beyonce hair. But every time people hug me, it like slides off just a little bit. It's, I can't wait to not be Beyonce anymore. It's just too hard. Oh, dear. I'm At least you're not Sasha Fierce, her alter ego. Girl. Come you know, on I, now. Know, I tried to do a Laverne. Laverne Cox did a video, like, a, you know, put a, a ring single on. lady? Girl, I tried for two seconds and I thought I was going to have an asthma attack. I can and not Beyonce. All right, you guys can follow me at uh, Lisa Stanley 30, my age. Yeah. Grimani Shearer Shepard 35. That was my favorite age.
Long <laughs> time ago. You know, at this age, Lisa, it's like we just we're trying to maintain the Mercedes. Right. Like you know, the young people got the new Mercedes. Our body, I'm, we feeling Where like little upkeep? dings and pings, and sometimes a tire goes. We just trying to maintain it so that somebody can go. Oh my gosh, that's a 2007. What a classic! I know. Here what we're trying. Here's what we're trying to do: avoid a big old blowout. All right. No blowouts, girl. <laughs> We are 91 Octane. Come on. You can find me, Lisa Stanley, 30, on uh, the Insta or the Gram, as the kids say. <laughs> on the Gram. And uh, Lisa K. Earth on Twitter. And Sherry. If you got any advice for floating penises with my 13-year-old, <laughs> help a single mother out. Come on, fellas. And ladies, I don't want to take your man. I just need his advice. Do the floating penises ever go away? Like, when you wake up in the morning, do Anthony? you have a I've never heard of that term, floating penis. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> It gets hard. That's what I said. Okay, so the hardness ever go away? Like he, every day he wakes up hard. He's isn't got a hard on. Isn't that oh, it go away? That's, that's that's normal. That's going to so happen. So you mean you hard right now? Is that so, what you? So, some mornings I wake up hard. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is. And ridiculous. I don't have no like, woman in the bed with. Me. And by the but way, but you can't take like a moxicillin, like five pills, four pills, three pills. <laughs> no, like I can't no, get. Like no. every day I gotta, I gotta. My son's gonna wake up with a hard. He's gonna on wake him. up with a hard. Oh Jesus! And why you touch it all the time? Like he can't think unless he's freaking rubbing on it. He was praying the other day, and I said, and I saw the hand moving under the blanket. I said, Jeffrey, are you touching yourself? He said, Yeah, mommy. I said, You can't pray to Jesus and touch yourself. He goes, Mommy, but it feels good to pray to Jesus, and it feels good when I touch myself. I just left the room. I don't know what to do. You have a very smart child, girl. A very, uh, you have a handful. Stop of a child. touching yourself. Put your hands on the counter where I can see them. <laughs> All right, we're going to get out of here because honestly, <laughs> I, love you, Lisa. I could be here with you forever. <laughs> Sherry Shepard, I la la love you. Girl.